beads of a saint in the hands of a sinner. On the lips of my mind are the prayers of a child. Each moment I live flows through my veins. Little rivers of passion and pain. Hello, 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 and this is Tagore Almeida from the Uncultured Company, and welcome to my podcast, The Pint of Imbecile Wisdom, conversations with everyday people, everyday stories, and great inspirations. So today with me, I've got a gentleman uh, who I've, I got to know of a couple of years ago, very late and, and completely my fault, but he's a, he's, he's a son, a father, he's a musician. He's a filmmaker, he's an env- environmentalist, he's a change maker. Uh, and, you know, the best thing about it is that he's the first person that I'm interviewing from my hometown, Goa, where he comes from as well. And uh, to my fellow son of a Goan, if I may say, welcome to, our, <laughs> to my podcast, Vince Costa. So lovely to f- finally have you on the podcast and to be able to talk to you. Thank you so much, man. I, it's, it's great to be here. I've never been called a son of a goat before. I've been called other things in the same in the same area, but this is this is I'm proud to be called a son of a goat, and uh, I'm glad to be here. It's 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 really a good uh, it's a good feeling. Yes. Great. So let's let's start with the basics. Let's let's tell our let's tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, where you come from, what was your yeah. childhood sure. like? Yeah. Uh, so uh, well. I spent a lot of my early childhood in Goa. Uh, I grew up here in a in a in a very quaint village of Goa. Uh, I love it; it's beautiful in South Goa. And um, my mom's from Bombay, so I kept going between uh, Bombay and Goa. I uh, would visit at least twice or thrice a year in the holidays. So I had a pretty good balance between the laid-back nature of Goa and the hectic uh, vibrancy of Bombay. And I think uh, it gave me sort of a, a larger perspective on life rather than just growing up in a village. Absolutely. So uh, that was, uh, yeah, I mean, then, then then all the normal stuff, you know, going to school happened in Goa. Uh, when I finished school, I, I left for a little bit and went to St. Xavier's in Bombay. And then I returned to Goa uh, and uh, eventually had to move back to Bombay to do a bit of audio engineering. Um, yeah, so so I mean, uh, childhood was uh, was a pretty uh, interesting period for me in Goa because um, I think as a kid, there's so much to explore the outdoors. You know, there are yeah. there are. I mean, I'm blessed because I was surrounded by nature, so it was all about uh, playing with my neighbors' kids. There were no gadgets back then, yeah. so it was the very organic playing style. Every evening, come home from school, have a quick cup of uh, milk or chocolate or whatever it is and run into the fields and play football uh, during most of the days, uh, ride cycles, uh, climb the hills, uh, you know, go after those uh, collecting berries, wild berries and um, (coughs) and cashews during the cashew season, uh, you know, going after the cashew seeds and uh, and kind of, uh, you know, having that experience as well as uh, later. it was, you know, as, as you grow up, you then start playing marbles with with neighbors' yeah. kids. So, to be honest, it, it just it's it's a childhood full of uh, engagement with the outdoors, uh, going fishing, and uh, you know, so a very very down to earth vibe. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean because I've had the same thing, playing football in the makeshift paddy fields, yeah. you know, yeah. in the summer. And, and so yeah. forth. So I have to ask you a question. So you dropped out of college, and yeah. uh, and and then you went back to Bombay, and you managed to get onto a a, a sound engineering uh, course. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So so this was like really uh, early days, you know. Tagore, uh, we're talking about 1993 or 94 here, where uh, you know. 
we there was no there was no uh, sort of uh, ability to reach out to resources like like how we have today like google where we get information and all of that stuff right so if you had an idea or you had a dream you needed to have connections yeah. and if you're born in goa then the uh, chances of having connections is very limited in certain areas right yeah. at that time at that time so uh I kind of made a decision after my uh you know I finished my 12th standard I went into my first year and somehow I wasn't really resonating with the with the entire environment of the course and I wanted and and uh, sort of instinctually I felt that I was more called to uh, be a part of the creative uh, environment you know uh music or to be honest I just knew that I wanted to be in in, a, in like a in a place where there was a lot of mental stimulus in in where there was a lot of creativity happening um i may have been very influenced by uh, you know peers at that time who were in um, uh, contemporaries who were in the music scene in goa and i thought yeah i think this is where i want to go and not really being an accomplished musician having learned music i didn't feel confident enough to want to pursue the musical line per se i wanted to be associated to music and i thought audio engineering would be the closest that i would be able to be in that field but so i ended up what? in bombay sorry sorry to interrupt you but there's something very strange you said that you didn't think yeah. that you were good enough to be playing in the, in the whole music scene and you know yeah. all the contemporaries uh, were you know most folk in goa they learn an instrument they play in a local band okay yeah they do covers all their lives and they retire and here you are saying that you didn't think that you were good enough and you've come out with an album that is like no other album that's ever come out of goa you know so that's uh, that's a bit strange when you say that you didn't feel yeah. it yeah yeah so i think i think for me it was like uh, i've got to be i've got to be sort of honest here and also kind of say that um you know when i was a kid i struggled with a lot of stuff uh i would say maybe learning uh and and things of that sort so i mean when i reflect now i realize uh that i i did struggle with certain in certain areas and as a result of that i don't know how it really affected my musical ability because i remember very clearly when i was a kid my and it's a strange thing i'm going to say i had absolutely no idea of key and i had no idea of uh of rhythm so if if you played a if you played a groove back to me and said what's the rhythm you know count in or 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 beat or whatever it is i would not be able to do it i had if you played uh, if you played a tune to me and said sing along with me i was completely tone deaf and with no idea so i was the least likely candidate to be actually to, to turn out and do anything in the music field because wow i had no sense of rhythm and i had no sense of rhythm and no sense of pitch and and even and but i think what kind of saved me in a way if that salvation is basically that i was exposed to a lot of music you know i my mother side of the family uh she came from a large family and and uh they all sang they all played they all played some sort of instrument and they came from a large family so when i was at those parties there was vibrant there was music and that's where i learned about rock and roll i learned about i learned about like the standards i learned about you know all of that old school music is is where i got exposed to you know the early blues um uh, country music and then my dad had records at home so i would keep listening to all of that so even though i personally may have struggled with uh, with uh, you know with uh, understanding these different facets of music i would say that i was always exposed to it i was always listening to it i was like a sponge i was taking it all in so i think even later and maybe that sort of propelled me into wanting to be in that area because i think i understood it from a rather emotional place more than a uh, you know some people learn music but it's very intellectual it's like because you have to go grade by grade by grade and for me there was no need to go grade by grade so i was connecting to music very emotionally rather than as a have to or should or something that was imposed upon me by my parents so it was like a journey of discovery and um, and as a result i ended up in this audio engineering course and uh, and and i was spending all my money that i could have on uh, buying tapes and i would be like i would just 
I was just building a musical vocabulary inside of me, you know, like listening to completely from uh, guys like uh, Metallica and uh, you know all the all the all the metal stuff from Iron Maiden to the heavy rock and the punk rock, uh, you know, and then going to rock like uh, Rolling Stones and uh, Beatles and you know all of that stuff to instrumental to to classical to jazz to blues to uh, R&B. um and uh, country um you know jola ponti on violin and uh, stefan grappelli and like so so i was just i was swimming every day i was swimming in music i was just completely blasting myself with music so 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 vince funny you should mention all of the genres you just did like metallica and you know uh, the stones and whatever but you have done you've created an album called Saint and Sinner and i'm going to put yeah. the links to that for all our audience because i think our audience should listen to it and i think i've said this to you it's only the second album coming out of goa that i've been able to share with my international friends and saying hey guys listen to this and they've been able to listen and and connect with it you know so that's got nothing of heavy metal is it's actually an americana uh sort of brand of yes. genre of music it's got bluegrass you know it's got country country folk it's you know it's got a little bit of blues and whatever so tell us about saint and sinner how did that, how did that come along <laughs> so i think that album sounds mellow because i wrote it when i was older <laughs> if i wrote that if i if i if i written an album in my 20s it would have definitely been full of angst and aggression and and probably distorted guitars but okay. i think i think saint and sinner really uh, is an album that came out of my own personal evolution as a person you know uh, through all the things that i experienced so i find that uh, uh saint and sinner i was just listening it, to it again in fact after our last conversation because i really play my own album back to me but i was listening uh, to it again and you know listening to it with fresh ears and i found it to be very biographical in nature like i i, I felt that this were like i could literally see what i was trying to do there and parts of me that are represented in different parts of the songs and uh, it was really a, i think i was using it more as a cathartic process you know to be honest uh to okay. and and let, let me put it this way i fall into projects i don't start them with an intention that goes you know i'm going to start writing 10 songs and it's going to be an album i just i don't know when inspiration is going to strike and i just fall into this stuff and then eventually it becomes something that i commit to but initially it was just an exploration i just started off um i never felt confident as a musician i never felt confident as a singer songwriter uh i was just writing and from it came these songs right so i mean even today i uh, when i stand on stage i i am plagued by self doubt and uh, and you know i i wow. i don't feel like i don't feel like i am i don't have uh, like uh, you know there, there are guys and in goa you know every, musicians are amazing here so there are some really great exponents of uh, guitar players and uh, just tremendous and i and i'm like the i'm the four chord musician uh, three major chords and one minor chord and and i think uh, i use those three major chords and one minor chord to be able to tell my stories you know i'm very basic um you know it's like if you say hey you know vince we're doing this uh, song in g now we're going to shift to an f i'm going to struggle that to transpose for a bit uh because you know I, I, because i think for me the guitar really is like a it's it's like a paint brush you know i don't treat it like a i for me it's like a canvas and uh and it's like a channel really so i don't i don't approach the guitar usually with a, an intention i just hold it and i try to make it mine and my guitars have become mine you know and i have become a part of my guitars uh there's that relationship uh and each of them have scars just like but, i have you know but you know what being a four chord guitarist you've done an yeah. album that can be reached out to the entire world in a with covering genres which so many people will resonate with and the so called other fellow guitarists of yours in goa who might know all the chords all the technicalities are still constrained and limited to to what they compose in instead i'm not putting them down but i'm just saying the album itself i mean even the it's 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 a 10 song album even the names of the songs like alaska december hey ben you know 
leave the lights on for example these are not typically names of songs that you get from artists you know sitting in in goa or even in india for that matter and i've said this to you i think you know uh, being this musician that you are i think you're an amazing poet and and what i'm going to do is i'm going to get you to you know uh do a little bit of a, do a little bit of a performance at the end of this podcast just on the title track saint and sinner which i think is amazing of how much of poetry is there in your lyrics okay yeah. so you did this album i know that you recorded it entirely in goa in the attic yeah. of your ancestral home where i yeah. remember you told me it used to be your place where you guys used to store mangoes and you know fruit yes. you know uh, during season nice so uh, uh, yeah so you converted that into a sort of a recording studio you got a lot of your fellow goan friends you recorded the entire album completely home home grown in yeah. goa and if i'm not mistaken i think i think it was mixed in in the us if i'm not mistaken yes yeah okay. it was mixed and mastered in so it was mixed in it was mixed in uh, north carolina uh and then it was mastered in nashville okay and who was the label that actually produced the album how did that happen no i i was self produced it was self produced wow I yeah that's, i didn't have an artist so and in fact i i noticed that the entire album and i'll put a link to it is on spotify and yeah. and unfortunately it's not uh, available to buy as an album anymore on amazon it's just one song at a time that you can download Uh, yeah. uh you know which is still great but the whole album is on spotify and i'm going to definitely put a link onto yeah. that so you do you did this album it's amazing it's like nothing that we've heard of from go yeah. for sure at least in the past 50 years uh, that i can remember and and then you then decided to do something even something even more strange you went and made a documentary <laughs> you made a documentary film and you made a yeah. documentary film on something that is not talked about in goa You made a documentary yes. film about the culture of, you know, growing uh, 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 the agricultural, yeah, the agricultural, the agricultural uh, situation in Goa, and you knew nothing about filmmaking. So, tell us about this documentary, which has gone around the world to many festivals and has got its due recognition, you know, that it has. So, tell us yeah. about tell us about the documentary. Yeah so I think you know when I look at my own style of how I go about things I I've realized that uh it's probably I have a very peculiar way of doing things wherein I um I kind of throw myself into into projects into ideas I throw myself into ideas and then I later realize that uh I need to commit to it or I start to explore it right and and it all comes uh to me from like some sort of a uh, question that is deep down inside i'm really i'm i think I, in general i'm a very curious person so i've always got all these questions that are going on and i'm trying to find answers to these questions right and um, one of the things that i was trying to do back in the day when i was uh, so i l- let me give you some back story when you come from a village like i do uh and the apparent landscape the visual scape is always paddy fields it's always green it's always yeah. you know i grew up looking at farmers uh when i would go to school i was i would stand at a bus stop and it would be pouring rain and 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 back in the day a lot of the people that went into the farm into the into the rice fields to cultivate them would wear these heavy sacks on them you know like yeah. to prevent the rain from that. and yeah. and and that was like the sort of visual that was in my mind there was there were there were buffaloes there was a uh, tilling there was you know and my my father would grow so much of rice so as a kid i grew up watching all of that i i was a part of that entire rice growing culture and for many many years you know he stopped and then for many years uh, after i sort of uh, you know when i when i was uh, married uh you know i moved out of this village to another village and uh, basically at that point in time um i was in a i thought to myself uh i just felt like a inner calling you know i was i would see people in the fields walking around those fields and working in the fields and i just felt like there was something inside of me that said i want to be a part of this i want to i want to sort of go back and oh yeah the first thing i did was just a second okay Okay. 
it's as organic as it gets so that's yeah. perfect yeah. walking around yeah. in the background so yeah that's fine yeah, yeah. so um you know as oh, when when i was in that uh, so so like i was saying i would basically just want to uh, be a part of that entire scene and the first thing i did was i took off my shoes and i walked into the field Mm. and when i walked into the field and my feet came in contact with that a uh, soil and everything there was something that just happened inside of my brain that i was flooded back with so many childhood memories and all of that stuff right and and because i had moved away from my village for about 3 years and i was living closer to the coast when i came back i started to see it with fresher eyes and so much i felt had changed in that time and i felt you know what i need to really at that at, in the early days i didn't know how to use a camera but i just felt this calling inside of me that said i want to basically document this you know i want to document this not for a film i want to document it for me i want to docu- document it for my kids because i said you know at that point in time my concern was if this tradition stops there is no visual yeah. document that uh, that we can go back to that says this is what we did this is how we were this is what the and and i think that there's a part of me that is deeply anthropological slash ethnographic in nature you know there's that part of me that that is documentarian slash um anthropological slash ethnographic i like to get into the granular stuff of life like how how people are how they behave yeah. culture and all of that stuff and so um instinctively i felt okay uh let me so like just to give you a sense even as an audio engineer uh, i did a lot of music recording but the part that i the 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 areas that i enjoyed the most were the oral history interviews that i did so it was even though i was spending time with musicians recording music and enjoying it i really enjoyed the time that i spent with people uh picking up oral history you know so it's that instinct within me and once i discovered the magic of a camera uh and initially it was terrible because i was doing a oh, completely overexposed shot shaky and everything everything and really i went through a film school like it was film school for me for 4 years because all i did was i only shot that film i just shot that film and and i had no experience and i had to learn so four years. i was learning yeah four years so i was learning youtube videos by night and uh, shooting the film by day and um, and 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 i and i think what's unique about that film is that i that that film had absolutely no crew it was just me uh and i had one camera uh, a canon um d670 or something on those lines uh i had just one lens i shot that entire film with one prime lens uh carl zeiss 50 uh i i <laughs> i had one road video mic pro uh a monopod uh an umbrella a raincoat a jacket and a scooter and that entire film is just been shot with that gear there was one part where and i had a zoom lens a little bit that i borrowed from a friend of mine hardly used it and i brought in a friend to do some aerial shots but besides that that was my kit and the reason that was my kit is because when you're working with farmers nobody is going to talk no one's going to act there's no script you have to be ready right so i would get a call from these guys saying tomorrow morning 5 o'clock oh, this is happening do you want to come so i had my bag and everything packed so i would just sit on the bike any time i was ready for a call and ready to go so i would i would just sit on on the bike start it and go you know so uh i think that was what uh, the film making process really taught me how to get into that zone and just be by yourself and tackle all the challenges vince one second uh i think there's a, there's a problem with the sinking of your lips and what you're saying not too much but i think it's just that so this is i'm just going to give it a clap maybe this thing okay so 3 2 1 so you did this documentary uh you know and and everything and then you sent it to bombay i think to do some sort of technical color correction and and whatever yeah. and it's got to few it's also been stored in some library somewhere in the world if i'm not mistaken yeah uh it's a part of the it's a part of the anthropological institute in uh, society in uk it's wow. in their library and also the ethnographic uh, film festival 
Wow. Uh, the uh, the run uh, the the festival happens in Paris, but uh, the person who has the film is actually based out of USA. Okay. So now let's 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 make some sense out of this. You drop out of college, you do an album like no one, like no other album in, has come out of this of our hometown. Then you go and do this documentary on a very old tradition of ours. It gets its recognition, and after that. I don't hear you talking about another album. I don't hear you talking about another film, but you then go and do something called Creative Goa, which is now your new passion. You venture onto this so, portal called Creative Goa and we'll put a link about it. So tell me about Creative Goa, what triggered it and what is Creative Goa all about? Yeah, so Creative Goa um all my projects really come out of a personal need, I think. you know i feel that need and then i try to address it yeah. whether it was the album whether it was the film it's like uh, there's a this there's something that is a deeper calling and i feel like i i feel like i need to act on it so uh also the reason there hasn't really been another album or another film i think it i kind of try to stay like a purist wherein i feel like i need to put something out if i really want to say something if i really want you know it's 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 more like i don't feel compelled to do something i just feel like when the time is right it will come and uh, and also life happened you know in all those years <laughs> so many things happened and and even though you want to put out an album or you want to write songs or you want to make films life happens you know paul jo- uh, john lennon said life is what happens when you're busy doing other things yeah, you know right. and, and 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 that's what exactly happened to me uh, but where i find myself now with creative goa is that it's a completely different area for me uh again it's born out of a need mm, it's a platform that i'm creating here in goa because uh it really is to uh address uh a lot of the gaps that i felt as a creative person in goa existed when i was uh, struggling to find direction and support and still exist today so i don't feel those gaps have actually uh lessened and i think that uh there is an opportunity to to look at it and and so simply if you ask me what is creative goa creative goa really is a platform that brings people from various genres who live in goa uh creative genres onto into one space right now it's a virtual space because of covid but at hopefully at some point in time we will have a physical space as well uh what will creative goa do creative goa really is about creating a sense of uh discovery for them so they become there's exposure as well as uh they are able to meet peers and collaborate uh create projects new projects uh find uh people can find them and maybe give them jobs and uh, and commission uh, work through them as well as at some point in time uh it becomes a place wherein we can open up larger dialogues uh, with regards to the creative industry in goa and maybe uh you know look at uh, representation for better policy Okay, that's that's quite a uh, unique thing, by the way. You know, because I know I've never heard anybody in Goa actually talk about something like this, especially for the creative minds. You know, and I I always think that uh, right or wrong, I think every Goan kid grows up, you know, uh, yeah. learns an instrument, and their journey starts with playing in a local band and ends with playing in a local band. but to be able to think about doing an album like a saint anasena you know to be able to doing an album that is not necessarily for their little village and their little town they come from unfortunately you know uh, it's it's having that vision to reach out you spent a little bit of your time in australia as well if i'm not mistaken yeah. what was that about and, and 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 how did that contribute towards your creative journey so i think that i was very blessed uh that i was able to be exposed to uh, very, uh to travel and what i didn't accomplish through a uh, formal education i sort of uh was able to get inputs through travel so i think a lot of my Absolutely. education and my and my vision comes from the exposure that i've had not just from australia but from all the countries that i've gone and visited and cultures and people that i've met and all these experiences really kind of stretched my mind right it's that it's that um it's that uh, very random conversation that you can have with someone sitting at a bar in memphis 
uh, Beale Street uh, listening to blues that can open your mind and he tells you how you know he's been married for x number of years and now you know he's uh, all by himself and um and 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 you know at, at a at a crossroads of his life when he's like 65 and that can trigger your mind into how do you write a song about that like you won't even realize that that actually has affected uh the way you write your songs but it can be a profound experience and if you didn't have that experience i mean i'm not saying that everybody has to go to memphis to have that experience but what i'm saying here is that uh you've got to really go outside of your uh comfort zone and what i mean is uh the physical comfort zone as well you know that that village that uh, city that state uh, within your own financial ability and and really travel because it's within the traveling and meeting that you kind of start getting a larger perspective on things right you're not forced to only look at you'll be challenged and within those challenges your mind will start to open up and i think that's what really happened for me wherein uh you know it was the exposure that you know i was studying in australia i was doing music business management there and it was during oh, wow. that course the okay. people yeah the the people that i met um the 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 professors that i had you know the kind of things they would say it really stretched my mind to think of things differently uh to 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 create the room for possibility to create the room for a different perspective uh and and i think really what uh, what you're also saying here is that in goa where we are is uh we are looking we need to create like some sort of a paradigm shift uh, from what's been going on and right. really uh uh reinvent ourselves you know yeah. reinvent ourselves as a as a as a as a people as a culture as a society and i'm not saying we've got to shed all the old stuff but we have to really start looking at how do we re-represent ourselves yeah. keeping in line uh the future because things are changing on a day to day basis it's so volatile now you know and we're getting so shaped into who we are because of social media platforms our thought processes and everything are no longer ours they are being uh, we are being uh, very shaped by all of this stuff so i think it's important to when we're going through all of this stuff that we need to have these dialogues and communicate and see what's important to us and what we want to retain and what we want to shed you know no i think i absolutely agree with you i've always felt even today being a storyteller being a part time filmmaker i think that our theater in goa from the times that we were growing up was so rich in stories and values right i mean the productions used to be sort of you know a, a bit dodgy because of, of 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 the times that we were growing in but i think that our storytelling our values in our in our stories was so amazing that if we take those old traditions and all those values and stories and you know present them in and using the latest technology and you know production values I think there's so much of heritage that we can retain for you know from where we come from but coming back to saint and sinner now what was going through your mind when you wrote songs like alaska and december and hey ben I mean why wasn't there a song they called kurtolim for example or why wasn't there a song and they called the rice fields i grew up in i mean no it, it's I, i'm not mocking it but i'm just saying that it seems to be at such a superior level so i'm just trying to think about what was going through your mind when you were when when you were doing the album so um i don't think there was any conscious uh, thought there in terms of uh, you know um I'm going to write a tribute to my village or I'm going to write a tribute to this. I don't think I felt any of that. I just had a practice where I used to show up every night at 10 o'clock in my studio and I would sit till 4 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning and I would just sit and there were some nights when nothing would happen, nothing. And some nights uh, there would be something. And this went on for two years uh, in a row, three years. Like I would just be, I would just show up every night at 10 o'clock and i would sit till 4 o'clock in the morning just waiting and some so, nights a song was in goa or somewhere else no in goa in goa so in goa yeah yeah so, yeah. so, Sorry, so every goa. night it, yeah so every night it was like this practice and it was in those times that you know a lot of it was like uh, uh, i was going through a period of discovering myself uh it wasn't the first time of self discovery but it was a, i think what was happening it was 
all the years of self discovery were now starting to get expressed and culminating into lyric you know and uh, when i was listening to the album the other day i was listening to it and i was going wow this album actually is really dark it's a dark album but people don't get it because the lyrics actually i'm addressing a lot of dark themes in life but because i've accompanied the lyric with such uplifting tunes you don't really feel the 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 heaviness of the of 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 the message that i'm actually kind of putting through yeah. right so um i would i would i would be lying if i said hey you know what i i i made this album for a global audience no i just made it was just an expression and there was no there was no uh, intent there Uh, if i didn't write a song about kurthuri or the rice fields it's because nothing really uh, triggered my mind to express it from that perspective yeah. you know but um it was it was i would have to say that the rice fields and the village really inspired me to write the songs so they are a part of the songs yeah, okay. not the themes of the songs but they live in the song because i was in the in that environment when i wrote the album you know what i mean so i would because i was uh, sitting at 10 o'clock in the night and and going on till 4 o'clock in the morning there were times where i would leave the house at 2:30 in the morning and just go for a walk around the village i was like the only guy walking around the village at 2:30 and there were dogs barking and and it was so peaceful there was nobody around and uh, i would just do that entire walk around the village and it would uh, it was there because it was inspiring me or it was doing something to me right so the village lives in that album not as a theme but within its songs if that makes any sense you know of course of course it makes sense and i know exactly what you come from where you're coming from and the fact that i like what you said that you know the village lives in this global album which is which yeah. obviously is is amazing and then the same thing but when you did the uh, when you did the uh, documentary film that was hardcore about the village it featured the village yeah. it came from the village yeah. and the focus yeah. was on the village itself you know yeah. and that's amazing yeah. and then and now your creative goal that you've started it's about again bringing it back to 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 goa and to the goans and wanting to do something yeah. for the betterment and the yeah. upliftment of our talent you know and yeah. i i think another thing that you said is that you know i think i i think we have very amazingly talented musicians in goa you and i talked about this offline but i think what needs to change really is the vision you know is the boldness to tell a story that goes out of their their comfort levels you know because when they do covers they do covers so well and and they're able, they're able to to do covers so well but when they compose i always feel that they're always very sort of cautious about staying within this comfort of of you know the world that they live in so to speak which is which is yeah. but now when i want to come back to something uh Uh, well I I want to move into something slightly different you're a family man you talk about your yeah. wife with so much of love and passion and adoration and you've got three kids you've got Arya Maya and Liam tell us a bit about your family life um yeah so family life um you know um people people basically tell you uh you know when you're a bachelor everybody wants you to you know i don't know whether they want you to be married so uh, you're a part of that crew yeah. uh, but everyone encourages you to be married and uh and i'd say now after being married for close to 12 years but having been in a relationship with my wife now for about 19 years uh, i would have to say that you've got to be lucky you've got to be lucky to find someone that really understands you and you understand and and it's based on friendship more than anything else right you've got to be able absolutely. to keeping everything aside it's about how good a friend you can be absolutely. to each other absolutely. and uh, and uh, what I'll have to say is that um the, the there are two life changing moments that happen the day you get married to someone and the day you have your first kid Now the day you get married to someone uh <coughs> as Catholics we go to church and you know you put the ring on the finger and uh, and then now you're married but what happens is you've already seen the person for so long so you don't feel that drastic change immediately you know it comes over the next few months of adjustment and all of that stuff so it's rather uh, it's rather uh it's um 
softer but when you have a, a, the, the the moment no one prepares you for how you're going to feel or or for, for the moment you have your first kid for me when my daughter was born i this was arya arya she's eight now when my daughter arya was born uh my entire life changed in 2 seconds that's all it was in 2 seconds i became a father now you you become a father by title but becoming of a dad is you spend the entire rest of your life because of yes you you know you you're, you're just the you just have the title now as as father but becoming a father takes you the rest of your life right because that's a journey that's not a, a title is not your destination and uh for me when i when i when i uh saw arya for the first time it was like a it was like the 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 wildest uh experience i had in my life and i knew it was life changing because it happened in two seconds the the most transformative life changing things happen in an instant they don't take time right you think about anything that was transformative in your life really impactful it happens really really fast and that's why your life the effects of it may take time but but the the incident happens really like that right and for me that was my experience with my daughter it was transformative and 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 i've been in awe to be honest after that like uh, not just of arya but i've had maya and then i have liam now and uh, and i grew up alone i grew up as the only kid and i and i always felt that if i had children i would never have just one i would always i always wanted a larger family because i know what it is what it feels like to grow up alone uh to to not have siblings yeah. right so i didn't want my kids to go through that similar experience i wanted them to have camaraderie and friendship and someone in their lives to always be a part of their life no matter what goes on and so uh, that was my experience uh being you know with with my kids and it's it's a learning journey um you know there's a saying that is when the um, when the student is ready the master appears and for me i feel that my kids my kids are the masters because they've appeared and they really push my buttons and teach me so many things about so many areas that i have not really got a grip on in my life um as for my wife i think uh i'm really blessed because so much uh i of who i am now is because of uh who she is as a person in terms of having the ability to understand me uh allow have space uh to do these different things that I do go off on tangents and uh, really uh, and that's why I say you you can have a lot of uh you can have uh, different experiences in your life which you consider to be unlucky but I wish you uh the luckiest experience when you have to pick a life partner because that is uh that is that is so important but two questions on that how did you guys meet and is she also a creative uh individual yes yeah so how we met was absolutely uh uh it was really catastrophic uh, uh because because the way we met you would never anticipate we would end up being together uh it was at a festival it was at a music festival and uh i had never seen her before she entered with her friends <laughs> and uh i had a fair bit to drink by then <laughs> and i was walking around the festival vetting people randomly with pails of water big buckets of water and uh she and her friends happened to be the target so she took an instant dislike to me because she just entered the festival completely dry and the next thing she knew she was soaking in water her friends were drenched and so they all kind of looked at me as like this absolute disaster bomb don't don't go close to him but i guess with a lot of persistence and a lot of uh, and a lot of uh, hard work i managed to i managed to get her to look at me uh, differently um yeah so so that was that was how we met and um yeah what what was the other question you asked me is she also uh, from the creative oh, is she creative yeah she is she is but her creativity is channeled uh you know mostly around so a lot of her creativity comes out in uh in cooking in food so she's oh, wow. a, she's an amazing she's an amazing amazing cook so a baker and uh so so she's always uh, expressing her creativity through food uh, which is great for us uh yeah. but now she's slowly taking up uh, you know things like um, painting and all of that stuff so she's exploring other areas of her creativity 
um music i think she has a natural flair but um i think she went through childhood experiences that were kind of little harsh with uh, teachers so she's kind of a bit averse to it but yeah she she comes from a great musical legacy actually she oh, comes wow. from uh, she come she comes from a great musical legacy uh, she is the granddaughter of uh, the once very famous mickey korea in bombay yeah uh, who had yes, yeah who had the jazz yeah who had the jazz band at uh, the taj for many many years so so she comes from uh, she comes from that legacy of music and her aunt uh, christine uh, who's mickey's daughter is a uh, is uh as a teacher of of jazz music in uh in Columbia University in New York and so there's a lot of music in her family and her blood uh yeah so creativity is there so tell us a little bit about Arya Maya and Liam who's the guitarist who's the filmmaker who's the singer uh who's the baker <laughs> and the cook Arya actually is the baker, the musician, the the dancer, the the the, the painter. Uh, Maya is the uh, Maya is the uh, dancer, the the gymnast, the uh, so Arya is the pianist, Maya is the guitarist. Uh, she is the the out of the box thinker, the curious curiosity, the scientist. the 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 person that wants to know she's like always on this quest of questions and very very uh involved with her you know wants to understand the world uh so i'm i'm always enthralled by her questions and she throws me in the deep end by asking me some absolute howler sometimes that you know liam is three is or will be four uh and i feel he's got the he's the bohemian uh hippie he's that he's the uh, traveler very, he's the very traveler yeah yeah he's the, he's the explorer traveler adventurer the guy that can't sit in one place that is going to be the shape shifter uh the guy that's going to be dynamic who's going to get himself into he's going to go sideways but i hope he's going to have enough of tools to kind of get himself out of the the trouble he gets himself into you know so i was yeah. going to ask you this question but i think i know the answer which of the three Do you think we'll grow up to go for a walk in the village at two in the morning? It's definitely Liam, I think so. Yeah, Liam for sure, absolutely. I think Liam is going to be that guy who's going to really push the boundaries of imagination, and uh, you know he's going to probably challenge a fair bit of social society and social norms and expectations. Um, I think the next closest person is going to be. Uh, Maya, Maya probably. Okay. Uh, Arya, Arya could, but Arya is also very chilled out and relaxed and laid back. So uh, she may take a different, a different line. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So coming towards the end of this, what can you yeah. look forward to seeing from Vince Costa? What's on the horizon I'm, at the moment? Well, at the horizon right now, I'm really focused on Creative Co-op because it's a huge project. It's ambitious and it needs all my attention. I will always be at a heart a musician, a storyteller, and I will always find ways to express myself. Today with Instagram, I might not have the time to shoot a full-length stuff, but I'm always putting content out. And uh, you know, my role keeps changing. I'm really enjoying. I love what I do with Creative Co-op right now. I'm so inspired every day. I've never been more inspired. I wake up at an ungodly hour and I don't complain till I work through the whole day. Uh and 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 I've never felt like this before in terms of, you know, so so motivated and so uh so good that I feel purposeful every day. Uh uh and and that I'm working on something that is much larger than me. And um and so really uh what can you expect it's 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 a much it's it's a vibrant uh community for goa uh or creative for that's 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 what i'm focusing on and i've written songs i've written after a long time i've got four new songs which i've written and they're just sitting there i need to find the appropriate arranger to kind of work with so i would put out maybe some singles now and then uh but i'm also you know ambling always with music and i've got my cameras now they're getting service so I'm, i feel like there's another wave coming through of creativity but i don't know how it's going to express itself Wow. Uh my yes. focus is is creative goa but things will happen you know. 
So this on Twitter go if I may ask are you looking just give me a second Tagore just give me one second I need to I need to put this charger in here so just give me one second before the phone dies out on me yeah no problem okay so on creative god if i if you don't want me asking it seems like a huge thing that you're doing are you looking to collaborate with people and what can uh, if yes what sort of a collaboration are you looking at i don't know i'm very much open to collaborating with people especially the goan community across the board now i feel that right now when goans who are abroad uh you know and uh, look back at goa and want to sort of understand how they can give back or or participate in goa's story um people are usually looking for ngos or they are looking for charities to donate money to and right now that's not what i'm asking for if i want to collaborate i want to collaborate with you because of your talent and your experience i'm looking for people that have been in places across the world that have done things you know they they understand they can act as mentors they can act as role models they can act as knowledge uh, um uh, points of knowledge they can act as instructors teachers you know i'm i'm at that phase where i'm actually building it so i'm happy to have people who reach out to me uh with these sort of skill sets people that have worked in uh, you know social media people that have worked with uh, large corporations people that have worked in tech companies people that have worked in um you know communities people that have worked as who are are are, are performers entertainers that i would love them to go to creative go and actually look at what is going on there the the get creative go on instagram page and see whether they vibe with it i think it's pretty apparent what we are trying to do uh if they if they need any clarifications uh, i'm more than welcome to have a chat with them they can dm me on instagram that's the quickest way to get in touch with me either through greg get creative go or through my instagram which is vince costa and uh, you know share ideas i think what i'm looking for are people idea people you know people that have ideas people that have vision people that can see things globally you know we've been playing this game for so long which is like this uh, really small state game we're not even at a national game we are playing the state game right now and and where we need to go is we need to go from state to national to global you know why can't goa be a global powerhouse you know goa's got everything we've got we've got great infrastructure like we're connected by uh, by uh, by an airport we have got you know we've got um, uh, we've got the uh, tourist infrastructure we've got hotels we've got you know all these things right so we really have a lot of basic infrastructure to build on and people want to come to goa and live here right so but but in but but then when they come here they struggle with so many things and and i understand that because when i talk to my uh colleagues abroad uh they're diffident at the so i think we need to, there are a lot of things that need to be addressed and uh i would love to have participation you know uh this is not a one man army one man show where when costa yeah. goes out there he does saint and sinner or he does uh, um you know shashti chakora which is the documentary but uh uh this is where this is where participation needs to come in you know people need to reach out uh it's impossible for me to do this and reach out right now so if people you know see this and they want to know how really simple you know connect with me i'm on instagram i'm happy to do like a zoom call and explain to you what you know explore right. ideas so the, what i really liked about this whole thing was you told me in our offline chat you were not looking for the money you were looking for people to get involved and to invest their experience and their uh, and their art and their talent to follow goans and to sort of help them you know push that envelope a bit right yes. so finally before i get you to play something for me what advice would you give to young aspiring folk you know whether it's music drama theater entrepreneurship you know because a lot of people nowadays wins as you know compromise on their values just to reach a goal you know what's your thought on that and what advice would you give to people listening to this podcast especially the young look when i think we we've got to really recognize what really is going on because you've said the young we've got to really recognize what's going on with the young today and what's going on with the younger generation today is that 
they are uh, on the receiving end of so much of information. We never had to deal with this level of information. They are on the receiving end of so much of information today, you know, uh, through social media channels. So I think we've got to really, we've not really fully understood the ramifications of that because we're still in the infancy of that exposure. It will, we do understand that it is affecting people, but we don't understand how deeply it's affecting people and how deeply it's affecting humanity and how humanity is going to change as a result of this, right? Uh, and, and we have huge companies that are actually sh shape-shifting us, right? So, what what I want to, what I would say is that, uh, yes, it's been our value systems that have sort of held us in good stead in times wherein we've even lost our way. It's our value systems that have brought us back on path, right? Um, I hope that there are value systems instilled uh, within the younger generation because if they do lose their track, then the value systems can act like a guiding light to sort of bring them back as a compass system. But what I'd have to what I'd have to also say is that if there's any advice I would I would I would offer them is basically be mindful, be mindful about of, about how you are um, engaging with the internet with with, the, with these so-called facilities that are provided to us. What are you consuming? How is it affecting your thinking? And who are you becoming as a result of it? You know, you're, you always have choice. You always have choice. And how are you using that choice between uh, the hate stuff that's going on versus the positive stuff, right? It's not, it's, it doesn't, people are pushing agendas. All I'm saying is be careful of what you're choosing to believe and how you're assimilating that. That would be my first uh, two bits of advice that I would have. And the second thing I would say to any uh entrepreneurial sort of uh, I think they are all entrepreneurial ventures whether you go out and try to put an album or make a film or write a book at the core of it you have to be an entrepreneur uh, I would say that um, it's always fun and games at the start but there are obstacles so be prepared to basically uh, build a sort of uh, appetite for the obstacle uh, whether tomorrow you get into a relationship, there will be obstacles. Uh, whether you're a parent, there will be obstacles. Whether you're in business, there will be obstacles. Uh, you're living your dream. Just because people say, find your passion, go live your dream, doesn't mean that it's going to be a road without obstacles. No, the road that you're on when you're living your dream could have more obstacles than what you were doing. So you could have been in a job where you're absolutely unhappy, right? And you choose to leave that to follow your passion and your dream thinking that you're going to get out of hardship and that path could have even more obstacles. All I'm saying is that there really is no escape from that uh, that situation. So, uh, build a bit of uh, gumption and resistance to to tackle that. That's all I would say, you know. You know, funny you should say that. I'm actually uh, interviewing a, a girl tomorrow, uh, no, on Tuesday, who used to be a dentist and she's given it all up. She had her own practice. And she's become yeah. a food photographer because, mm -hmm. she just, because she just didn't, she said, forget the money and whatever. She said, I just wanted to follow my passion. I studied, I became a dentist. I worked as a dentist. I started to have my own practice and I gave it up because she just found that she would be happier in life being a food photographer that too. But so that's great. And I think a lot of the kids these days think that money is what, how you measure success. And I think that's completely wrong. I think money is an important part of our lives uh, of our dna but i think measuring success purely on the amount of money uh, is wrong because then if it's just money then there's always a lack of values on how you sometimes tend to achieve it thank you for being on the podcast vince best of luck in everything that you're doing and i can't wait to hear more and more about it especially on creative goa I hope that we, you. you're going to keep me updated on WhatsApp and our chats. And thank you so much for doing this. This has been absolutely thank you. phenomenal. Thank you for reaching out, Tagore. It's been amazing. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And God knows I try. God knows I try.